Hey everybody, thank you for tuning in to Defining Kinks. We are rolling right along and I have a super exciting episode this week. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and introduce my guest and we're just going to start talking it out. So today with me, I have the very sweet and awesome Glimmer and Gold from Reddit. Thank you for being on my podcast today. Thank you so much for having me. You are very welcome, you know, and I hope I don't scare you away from kink. That's what I hope you I definitely don't can't scare me away. <laughs> okay, good. Great. Oh, right. She's fearless. We like this already. <laughs> I can't fail. <laughs> um, so for those that have been keeping up on social media, um, earlier this week, I posted or over the weekend, I posted um, a clip from the very popular um, TV series, Friends. Uh, if you haven't checked it out, I would say check it out really quick because uh, I am going to reference it. It's about a three-minute clip. You can find it on my Twitter, um, my subreddit, and everything like that. But what it is, is uh, it's known as the Seven Skit by Monica. And what she does is she goes over the erogenous zones trying to pep talk Chandler into how... Uh, to get a woman to agree better with him in bed. <laughs> so um, so if you haven't seen that skit, watch that skit. It's about two to three minutes. So, And that's basically what our episode is based off of, erogenous zone. So right before giving the whole spill of Monica's uh, breakdown of her, the erogenous zones, I'll ask you, Glimmer, what is your uh favorite erogenous zone spot and like which spot are you guilty of setting up camp and giving so much attention to when it comes to your partner interaction this is a super easy one this has always been one of my favorites uh i am a big fan of the ears mm. i really really just enjoy uh paying a lot of special attention to the shell of the ear the rim of the ear, behind the ear. I think it's such a fun uh, place to nibble, suck, lick. Whisper into, blow mm -hmm. on. Oh, yeah. Just so many things. So It's very sensitive area, too. Like, it, you know, I think it's because it's with the sound and everything, and it's a very sensitive thing. It's, like, made to capture so much. So I think... Right, it, and I it, think... Actually, go ahead. Uh, not many people pay attention to their ears during the day. So I think it's one of those spots that when they do get touched, it's sort of a shock to the system. Like, oh, yeah. oh, all right. Yeah. Yeah. Like it is true. I think other than, you know, I, I think other than like cleaning your ears, obviously, um, you know, when you have to clean them and stuff like that, or when you maybe are like combing your hair, styling your hair and stuff like that, I think our ears really don't get much attention at all as exactly. far as touch goes. So yeah, I think you're right. It kind of gives it that jolt. Um, I asked a lot of listeners uh, and peers about this, and a lot of people did say the ears. They they enjoy their ears, um, you know. It's like kind of like a forgotten zone, you know. So, cool. Um, so, for you personally, though, and it may be the same answer, what is your favorite erogenous zone on yourself that you like receiving attention? Mine is very close and probably, uh, you know, gets a little friendly fire, but... Mine would be the neck. Uh, mm -hmm. My neck is incredibly sensitive, both the front and the back. And so I I really enjoy having any kind of touch there. Nice. Yes, the neck was also very popular uh, listed. Um, 
I think me, um, I, mine is probably like, it's like the, like, I like the neck, don't get me wrong, but it's like that little, it's where the neck and the shoulder meet, like, especially right there, Mm -hmm. like, um, just that whole area. And, um, and then like, obviously if it's done this way, I love the hand sliding up the back of the neck into the hair, like Mm -hmm. upward. Oh man, that is like totally heaven. Um, I love having my scalp scratched. I was going to say, it's, (laughs) I was going to say, it's a scalp. It's on the way to the scalp. And I think like, I think like anybody like right now, listeners go on this journey with us. Okay. Just totally take your hands, you know, like if you're driving, please don't take both hands off the wheel. Because <laughs> um, I know some people commute and listen. Yeah, so please don't, you know, do this later if you can't right now. Please nobody hurt themselves. Um, but uh, if you take your hands and just like the back of your neck, like just between your shoulders at the top of it and slide it up into your hair, like maybe give yourself like a like point your fingers on edge just a little bit to give you a little bit of fingernail sensation but if you take that and just go like straight up into your scalp oh man that's that's a good feeling right there it is, and that's it when is. like i just start to go like jello-y like when i feel that have you ever played with one of those uh scalp massagers yes those things are <gasps> They like give me shivers. Like they're magic. Just, they're magical. <laughs> they really are. If you haven't played with those, that is a good sensation play thing. Um, because they're so pinpoint thin and so light and feathery. You know, like if you do it and you're supposed to like slide it down and bring it up. Oh man, it's ooh, it just gives me the tingles. Um, scalps are super sensitive. Um, I mean, and that's why I think nails on scalps was something that people said a lot of. Um, because your hair is there to protect your head. I mean, I know we style it and we make it pretty and everything, but the practical purpose of hair is to cushion any blows or anything like that that would happen. So your scalp itself is super sensitive um, mm-hmm. to feeling um, because it's a you know reactionary thing. So, um, well, great. Um, as far as mine that I love to give attention to. Um, I'm a total like hand person. I don't know what it is. <laughs> Got Hands. that hand kink. The hand kinks. I really do. Like, like I know people are like, oh, yeah, you know, or the whole lewd of holding hands thing. Um, <laughs> but, you know, it's so lewd. Um, but like, seriously, I just have like such a thing about anything to do with the hands, like holding them, playing with them, kissing them. If you're in the heat of the moment, sucking on them, nibbling them, biting them, everything I will do with to hands, everything. So, oh, I completely agree with you. I think one of the sweetest things you can do is when you're holding hands and just rubbing your thumb over the web between the thumb and the forefinger. Yes, exactly. It's just such an intimate, sweet thing. I think so. Yeah, I think so too, and stuff like that. And then if it's anywhere near my face, or even if it's not, like pulling it up and like kissing the back of a hand. anything or that same spot that you're talking about. Um, yeah, it's just very intimate. And to me, I think I'm, I'm a philosophical, analytical, psychological person. I studied <laughs> a lot of that. I just think this way. Everything has like a lot of deeper meanings to me. Mm-hmm. And I think our hands, we do so much with our hands. And so like me, when it comes to my partner's, to be intimate and caring and to like hold their hand and stuff like that. To me, it communicates 
like that I acknowledge everything that these hands do. I appreciate them. You know, these hands. Oh, I really like, like that. So like, you know, I'm not trying to say that I'm like this crazy, but to me, that's what hands mean. There's so much we do with our hands, you know, when you talk, you know, are you using your hands for kindness or, for, you know, pleasure or for work? It's just so much about a person's hands that literally they use for everything. So to me, it's just a very special part of a person's being, I guess. So um, so that's why I like, I like to give them a lot of attention too. So I think it's because when I grew up, I worked with a lot of, I worked with uh, a lot of men in my family, uh, worked with their hands and stuff like that. And mm -hmm. a lot of farmers and things like that. And at the end of the day, they take care of their hands, they clean them, you know, all this process and stuff. And so I, I don't know, I just developed a really deep appreciation for people's hands and their work. <laughs> so um, I can, I can definitely see that hands are, are super important. And I, I'm with you there on that hand kink, just yeah, you know, right? the, the tendons and different, you know, finger shapes and different oh, things like yeah. that. It can be, it can be really, people's hands are almost as unique as, as, uh, I don't know, fingerprints, I guess. I don't They're just, yeah, I think so. Yeah. Two, two pairs alike. Yeah, no, definitely, definitely not. And it's crazy because you forget about that until you see like those silly things on like Facebook or something that say, you know, which element is your hand? And you realize there's all these hand shapes you didn't even realize, like short mm -hmm. fingers, square palms, long slender fingers, and you know, like the way some fingers some people's fingers point a certain way or like right, exactly off kilter, but that's the design of their bones. So it's very interesting. So, um, but yeah, so, um, so basically what we're going to do next is I want to talk about the erogenous zones that Monica put forth. Um, this was a pretty fun game. Um, so I know you've, um, You've done the, uh, you've, uh, watched the skit and everything and stuff like that. I sent it to you. You said you'd seen mm -hmm. it. So, but I sent yep. it to you to make sure. Um, but, um, uh, sorry, I just went blank. <laughs> it happens. <laughs> yeah, it happens. Yeah, no, yeah. Happens to me. Mm-hmm. I have a lot of bloopers of me going, what was I going to say? <laughs> I'm like, well, we're going to cut this one. <laughs> so, um, and so I sent it to you and in the skit, Monica has seven zones that she, um, shows Chandler, which obviously the joke is, is that, you know, men don't, you know, that there's seven, um, <laughs> uh, you know, and stuff, which by the end of the episode, I hope people realize there's more than just the seven they name because it just depends on the person, what exactly. they consider erogenous, um, which actually a good illustration of that is Rachel. Uh, Rachel chimes in with a eighth thing, you know, and then she kind of plays it off. Um, but that's her, you know, probably one of her seven more than one of the other ones. So um, so I don't know how well you are versed in erogenous zones as far as like knowing which one's talking that Monica's talking about, but if you're starting from the top of your head, like from your head area, all the way down to your feet, do you think you could guess the seven areas that Monica gave him? I can give it a shot. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We're going to give it a shot. There's seven of them. And then 
Rachel guesses the eighth one. Um, so, which you'll probably remember that one because that one was all by itself. So, yes. <laughs> and had its own little joke. So it was actually yes. mentioned by name. So starting from the top, um, you can just like give me your seven and we'll see. We'll see if you, you get them. So. Okay. So my uh, guesses would be uh, mouth, uh, chest or breasts, nipples area, I guess. Okay. Uh, stomach uh genitals i guess i'm gonna jump around because no no yeah you're like wait a minute i'm running out of body yeah i've only got four um (laughs) uh yeah so i would also go with um with neck and man you know i had these i would because i was watching this skit and i I was trying to watch where Monica was drawing and I was like, where is, where is she pointing at? Which yeah. Right? That? Where is she pointing <laughs> at? And you're also trying to like, when you're watching, she's giving all these numbers out and in your head, you're trying to visualize like, okay, right. I'm trying I, to, <laughs> yeah. Where would I, where would these sections be for me? Is that what she's saying? Yeah. Right. Right. Exactly. When she was jumping number to number, I was like, is that, is that physically possible to jump right. from that number to that number? <laughs> right. She does. She jumps uh, around. <laughs> Okay, so I I actually had them written down. So I had mouth, ears, neck, uh, breasts or chest, stomach, uh, and genitals. Is that seven? And then, oh, and then I also had feet. I don't know if that's one that's considered, but it's one that I popped in there. Okay, gotcha. Gotcha. Um, Well, um, toes is the one that Rachel yells out. Mm -hmm. Um, Because when... Monica says, you got to keep them on their toes. And she goes, oh, toes. <laughs> like, she's one. so yeah. excited. Yeah. And then she's just all like, she goes, I mean, some people. For some people, you know, like she doesn't want to let yeah, off and yeah. stuff. Rachel's it, definitely she's into feet. It. She's into feet. Yeah, definitely. I could see her being into like feet worship and mm-hmm. things like that. Um, and some people totally are. Um, I've totally gained a big appreciation for it. Because um, I think it's just like super relaxing, a big part of it. Um, so she said that, so, um, I guess too, um, it's so funny, like you and me both missed one that I totally like, it's like, duh. Right, I'm going to kick myself. Yeah. Right. Um, so I'm going to go from top to bottom, uh, for Monica. Um, and this comes from like the official, you know, thing or whatever, uh, that they, the cast did later and stuff. And they, they revealed this. Um, so, uh, the areas are ears. Uh, lips or mouth, neck, breasts or chest, butt. <laughs> like we both yeah. Oh butt. wow, yeah. I can't believe I missed that one. Um, I said uh, the next one is inner thighs, but I said thighs, like because I love thighs. Um, mm-hmm. So thighs, and then um, genitals. So yeah. So it looks like you had belly in there too, but yeah, I couldn't believe I forgot the butt. I'm like, yeah, that's like their butt, (laughs) like pinched, spanked a little, grabbed, you know, that aggressive, you know, or just like Mm -hmm. that playful grabbing, um, or those little playful swats or whatever and stuff. So I thought it was pretty funny. So after knowing those, going back and like seeing how Monica likes it done just kind of cracked me up (laughs) because I was like looking at my list and when she would say number, I would jump between them and I'm like, okay, okay. I get what you're getting. I get what you're getting at, girl. So I'm gonna have to go back and watch now that I know. That yeah, now that you know, now that you've got them, pretty funny. Like when you're going back, because she does make some jumps. 
Because I think mm-hmm. at one point she's like two, four, six, and then she's like a three or she's like a five, one. And you're just like, what? So I'm trying to picture <laughs> like, what position are you in, girl, that you're able to right. jump like this? Like, <laughs> contortionist work. Um, literally keeping them on their toes. Like literally. Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. Um, so, yeah. So I really, I think she hit a lot of them. I mean, we've already talked about some of them, honestly. Um but um, I really, I think what I love most about Monica's skit and what it illustrates is that sex is more about the journey than the very end game. I mean, I know the joke in the end is that she goes seven, 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 you know, like she's <laughs> obviously getting there, mm-hmm. um, you know, and that's the point Chandler wants to get the woman there, you know. Um, but I think it definitely illustrates more that sex is a journey like it's not a wham bam thank you ma'am kind of thing or it shouldn't be so right yeah um, trying to get to that finish line as quickly as possible is is definitely the i I don't think it's going to be as pleasurable (laughs) for either party exactly exactly and and um and i know outside the episode we we talked a little bit about it and stuff but you know it's when that is the goal if your goal is just to make the other person orgasm or just to seek your own orgasm, you're going to be disappointed at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, especially if you're not making it a journey. If you're just, you know, thinking you can hop in, hop out kind of thing, it's usually not going to happen. Um, I've also had this conversation a lot of times with a lot of men that I've received um, DMs or comments from about um, – they worry um, that the size of their penis, uh, usually it's men that are saying that it's smaller or the, or mm-hmm. they're saying like they know men with smaller penises are less desirable, that they can't phys- physically pleasure their women to um, orgasm. So like, what's the point or what is their advice or things like that? And mm-hmm. I'm like, well, if you're, if you're focusing on the orgasm and you're blaming your penis, you're going to have a bad time. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> because... Number one, most women can't come from from vaginal penetration alone. Most mm-hmm. of them can't. So right there, that's out the window. I don't care what size you are. Um, and then number two, if you're blaming any part of your body for while why sex isn't good with you, instead of you know being proactive, or if you're worried about that and being proactive, then you're still going to have a bad time. Like, right, exactly. It's it's one of those situations where, you know, you don't just stop because there's a problem, you look for solutions or ways around the problem. You know, if you really think that it's your penis, that's, that's the problem, then you work with what you've got. You've got fingers, you've got a mouth, you know, there, there's toys, there's a million options. Oh, yeah. Well, and then I mean, this is what is just telling us here, there are more areas on the body than just the one, you know, and exactly. Um, we're gonna we'll come back and visit it and stuff, but there are nerve endings, especially um we'll come back to it, but like in the breasts and the nipples, uh, that often, you know, get overlooked. Um, that, you know, people can orgasm just alone from stimulation of those areas. Mm-hmm. Um, so but yeah, but you should never I'm just going to say this now openly on the podcast because I keep getting messages about it. And I finally, I think I started being more, I feel horrible. I love you guys. I love my listeners. I love getting questions. I love answering them, but I can only, you know, I don't want to say that. (laughs) That's a bad, (laughs) 
that's a bad way to put that. I don't want to get anybody like it, you know, from PETA on me or anything like that. But there's only so many ways <laughs> that I can, <laughs> you know, um, draw the, you know, draw a tree before, you know, before you're just like, okay, it's a tree. Like, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know. Right. Um, but my point is, is that if you feel that in any way you are subpar or you feel that you can't meet the needs of your partner because of this one thing about you, you know, then, you know, like you said, work with what you do have mm -hmm. or make it a strength, you know, turn it into something positive. If you think it's, you know, that, you know, you have a small penis or if you're a woman and you think you have small breasts, hello, women worry about things too, mm -hmm. you know, or that you are, um, you know, if you're a bigger girl and or a bigger guy and you feel that you can't be on top because of your size for whatever reason, whatever sexual act you're thinking about, um, if that's the case and you think, oh, well, I can never be on top. So sex with me is going to be horrible, you know, like then work different positions. Like, yeah, I just feel like this is a it seems like the way I, I'm solution oriented. If there's mm -hmm. a problem, change what you're doing or find a solution. Like, right, don't, exactly. don't keep complaining. Don't come up with excuses. You know, it's just like me if, if I had, I say this, that sounds horrible. I'm not going to say it like that. <laughs> Click <laughs> that out. Okay, that's me editing myself. Um, I mean, but that's like me saying, you know, oh, well, I have small fingers. So, you know, when I try to touch my partner my short little fingers aren't going to do the job. So right. I guess sex with me sucks. Like, I mean, you know, guess I'm I mean, just going to be a nun now. Yeah. I guess I'm going to be a nun now. guess I should just glove my hands forever. You know, <laughs> like, I mean, I, I'm not trying to be mean, but it, it's, it, sometimes it does sound that silly guys. Like, well, and one of the things, cause I've gotten those questions as well. And, uh, you know, just to put it out there, just because I make audio porn does not make me a sexpert in any capacity yeah, yeah. uh so you know the questions you're asking me might be better uh asked to a, a professional or you know your doctor whatever the case may be but yeah. one of the things that i that i do tell a lot of guys who come up with that question is you know women are just as varied in their genitals as men are. yes there are women oh, who have gosh. very shallow vaginas or mm -hmm. who are very small and a bigger penis isn't going to do them any favors Yes, this is very true. And that's what I've told people because I've been with both men with small and large. And I'm going to tell you, there have been guys on both sides of the spectrums that could not get me to town mm -hmm. that way. You know, now luckily right. they did it. And I've even said, I'm going to tell you, and this, and this is just my experience. Again, like you said, I'm not a sex bird either. I can only tell you based on my experience and my opinions. These are my opinions. Sometimes I'm very... This is what it is. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, but my between a guy that's been very large and between the guy that's been very small, um, the one between both of them, um, I had the better experience, not coming vaginally, but overall sexual experience with a guy with a smaller penis. Mm -hmm. Why? Because the guy with a larger penis thought that his penis was the end all be all as well. Mm -hmm. So he thought, I have a big penis. She's going to be happy. We're good. Guy with a smaller penis, he was like, you know, he wasn't making any excuses for himself. He did his thing. He got in there. And when he realized that I didn't make it all the way, he rectified it. So mm -hmm. that was his thing. 
you know, and I'm not saying that, you know, either or are perfect, but I'm just saying that was my, that's my experience there. Um, but yeah, you, like, so that's my just thing. I don't care what your thing is about you, your black spot, as it were, um, you know, that you think has sentenced you to sexual death. <laughs> but, um, you know, there's so many other ways. And sex is a journey. It's not that one thing, you know. And a lot of, uh, I think you you were saying this earlier before we were recording, but to a lot of different people, sex is, excuse me, um, Sex is something different um, to different people. And there are a lot of different kinds of sex. There are some people that do not. Um, there are someone that prefer not to engage in vaginal sex, just so you know. Uh, some of you yeah, do know, absolutely. but there are some women that just don't like it. Um, and there are some people that nine times out of ten, if you ask them, they would prefer, prefer oral sex or anal sex. Or, you know, um, then, you then you have to consider asexual. Mm -hmm. So there's, it's all different modes for different people. So sometimes what you're worrying about is nothing they're going to be into anyways. So, right, uh, exactly. And I, and I think coming back to like the erogenous zones is such a good example of that, where I love my neck touched. I love my neck to be licked and bit and, you know, all of those things uh, to the point that I can almost get there just from having my neck, you know, manipulated. Mm -hmm. Uh but someone else, the neck might be a neutral zone or a no-go zone, uh, you know, and they might have, you know, maybe the middle of their elbow is their erogenous zone. Yeah, you never know. You'd never know. This is true. Um, so, yeah. So I'm just saying don't write off anything because of your hangups. And, you know, and, and definitely don't write off that what works for you or for the last partner works for who you are with now. Um, also the cool thing is I think, you know, like I'm saying, sex is a journey. These erogenous zones are some kind of map to get you there. Like, you know, it's fun. Like, I don't know about a lot of people, but I've learned through my studying and things like that and stuff that I am demisexual. So, or demisexual, however you want to say it, which just means I prefer sex with somebody that I'm emotionally connected to. That's my thing. Um, I'm not saying long-term par partner or anything, but I have to have some kind of connection. Um, and that's not always the case for everybody. But, um, you know, to me, I guess this is why erogenous zones was such a topic for me is because, um, you know, sex is this journey and it's like I want this person to, like, come along with me and using our bodies and mapping out sensations and and everything like that with our hands, with our mouths, with our eyes, appreciating one another. That is like a whole part of it for me. So that's why erogenous zones. I agree zones. with you. I think, sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, that's why erogenous zones to me is such like a, a like an on-brand topic, I guess. <laughs> because I'm just like, yes, I can, I can appreciate this body part and this one and this one. Like, <laughs> All the know? body parts. Yeah. What is your body part? Tell me now. You know, so <laughs> it's just like totally. Yeah, and I completely agree with you. Uh, and when you were talking about that, it kind of reminded me of the idea that, you know, that mapping out in that journey is sort of learning your partner, whether it's mm. somebody that, you're, that you've are that you been with for a while or somebody that you're just, you know, having a, a fun night with. 
but mm-hmm. you know, sort of being that cartographer, if that's the right word, <laughs> you know, of like, yeah, I think that is the right word. Learning yeah. that, you Good know, having that, <laughs> <laughs> having that experience of just learning, you know, checking out all the body parts and seeing like, does this work? How about this? Oh, this one, that one really works. And this one, not so much. Okay. You know, and just having that, yeah. that bonding experience of learning each other. Oh yeah. And, um, and, uh, we, we've already, we visited the episode dominant. And, you know, I, I guess because of my experience when you were just saying like, oh, do you like this part? How do you, how do you feel like this part? I know that, um, a good exercise, um, in an early dominant sub relationship or things, or if you are just more dominant, um, I think one part of dominant homework is to learn, um, the parts of your submissive's body that make them squirm more than others. Mm. You know, it, it like, I mean, I don't want to get too far into that subject because we already had that episode, but it really is. But in general, even if you do not have a dominant sub relationship, learning um, how these parts work in tandem for them, you know, like mm-hmm. you said, it could be the inside of their elbow, which, you know, maybe that seems silly, but I know that, you know, if I'm standing close quarters with a guy or a partner even, and they were to grab me right at where my elbow is, and then they took their thumb and rubbed it across the inside of, you know, that little bend, it's Ooh, a very sensitive uh-huh. area. But if they were doing so and they were like looking at me intently, you know, or maybe holding it pretty firmly, almost in a dominant nature, like I would just be like, oh, okay. <laughs> right. you know, like I'm going to tell you. a new zone. Yeah. It would elicit a response. So um, this is something else I wanted to talk about. Um, I'm sure you will totally agree with me. It is not about always where you touch, but how you're touching. Mm-hmm. Um, like the degree of what you're doing. Um, that is something else you have to learn about your partner. Um, because everybody has like, I guess like they're, I know there's like that book, The Love Languages, which is a really mm-hmm. cool book because um, there's like four or five love languages. And I totally see that um, because people do communicate love differently. But I think touch is the same way. Like I think I know people that prefer like light feathery touches, brushes, you know, with the hand, the petting and things like that. And then you have people that like the more the, they get a bigger response from the more forceful touches. Right. You know, the The more like domineering sorts you know Mm -hmm. and then if you go all the way to impact play there are people that love the really rough stuff you know to them Mm -hmm. that elicit something um so that's also something to play with pressure and also play with temperature temperature is a good one i don't know have you you, yeah i was gonna say have you had any experience Uh, with temperature (laughs) i've done some wax play uh, oh okay yeah, yeah which was amazing and um, I'm very into uh, pain and in uh, impact play and that kind of stuff. And so when I tried wax play with my partner, I originally thought, oh, this is going to be, you know, sort of pain play. And then we mm-hmm. started doing it and I just melted basically. <laughs> yeah, it's a different uh, kind of thing. Yeah, it is. It's it's actually sort of like a massage. And, you know, there's a little bit of pain there, but it's it's mostly just super relaxing. And uh, mm-hmm. and so that you know, that's another way of, you know, my partner wasn't actually touching me, but they were dripping the wax all over me in different spots. And, and I think that's a really interesting way to go about touch too, is to use implements or different, um, different things like wax. 
Oh yeah, definitely. Last season, uh, one of my last episodes, uh, we did kink in the five episodes, me and moon dance. And, um, he talked about just using things that he had like in his kitchen, you know, like playing <laughs> around and, you know, all these things and, and talking about, because in the kitchen you do have like a lot of different utensils, oh, you know, yeah, it's like you don't even think about it, but he talked about doing like cold and hot spoons. Um, you know, and okay. stuff, cause you have like a hot water or, you know, like a hot water or warm water. I mean, obviously you don't have it boiling lava hot, right? And, right. you know, and then like cold water and he would be like dipping them in temperatures and then touching different areas of his partner. And, um, I thought it was really cool and it's very simple. It's already there. Um, you know, and then he talked about just different objects, you know, in our house, just look around. It's so funny. Ever since he told me that. Sometimes when I'm looking around my house, I look at like different things like, hmm, that would feel different. <laughs> you know, like, you right. know, just like a sensory play thing. So mm -hmm. it's pretty cool. That said, though, there are 8 million things out there you could get sensory play wise. Um, there's even a lot of impact toys now. Um, I don't know if you've, uh, when was the last time you kind of frequented a, a sex shop or like online shopping or anything to treat yourself? But, oh, pretty recently. It's a pretty okay. Recent, there you, you know, go. Yeah, pretty regular want, thing. Yeah. Right. I know. I'm getting better at it because come on, you know, <laughs> I deserve nice things. <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah. Right. This is research now. Okay. I have a podcast. <laughs> this is for but, science. This is a business expense. <laughs> so, um, but uh, yeah, no, like I've noticed a lot of impact toys now have gotten really good about having um, like a uh, dual purposing. So like mm -hmm. a lot of paddles now will have like two different textures. Um, like I noticed one, it's not so much for the um, uh, harder impact, but I did notice like one side was the leather paddle, but then the other side was a very soft like suede fur. Oh, and okay. I thought that was really cool. Um, the fur does slow it down. So like I said, it's not for hard impacts, but it's kind of cool how um, you would take the fur and um, you could rub it against the skin. But then a very good person that's very handy and quick could quickly flip it and give you like mm -hmm. a little snap. Um, and it's like that surprise, you know, that moment of the change in sensation. So I thought, oh, that was really cool. So I really like um, we're going to have a toys episode um, coming up soon. And I'm so excited to talk about it because there's just like so many things out there now. I'm oh, so yeah. Glad absolutely. That, I'm glad that it's gotten so progressive. At, like just in like the last 10 years, the things that have come out. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, things like that and stuff. So, um, but, uh, but yeah, no, just definitely like the way you touch, um, mm -hmm. it, it and does in, mean different. Go ahead. In specific contexts as well, you know, because I'm, I'm a big mm -hmm. fan of the feathery light touches, uh, you yes. know, maybe when we're out in public and my partner touches the back of my neck or, you know, runs his finger down my spine or something like that. Uh, but you know, mm -hmm. then when we get home. And he grabs my wrist, you know, very, very aggressively. Those are both going to yes. do big things for me. Oh, yeah. No, definitely. And, and then it is funny how um, depending on your mood and, and where you are, partner and stuff like that, different touches will elicit different things because, you know, it is a sensory response and it can be tied very quickly into like your emotions and stuff like mm -hmm. um I think we talked about uh, last season we had like voyeurism and exhibitionist and we talked about how some will do the whole um, um, the toy or panty play like in public and things like that, which is great. But I mean, if you've been like on a huge edging session, then sometimes like that simple neck touch or something, mm -hmm. you can just be like, <laughs> stop, you know, like right. this is too exactly. much. 
Um, but then sometimes if you haven't been that and it's just like a normal day out, um, you know, and they do touch like the back of your neck or like up your spine or, um, like you're sitting next to each other and there's like that light finger graze on someone's thigh, it's, you know, and then you kind of make that eye contact of like, mm-hmm. oh, okay, you yeah. know, that was a little flirty and bold mm-hmm. of you, you know, and so I know like, what you're thinking about. Yep. Right. Exactly. So it can be exciting, but you know, not so as intense, um, Whereas, like you said, yeah, at home uh, or in the privacy, you can be way more intentional and, and you know, different things like that and definitely more straightforward. And that changes like the whole dynamics. Um, so I definitely like that a lot. Um, so so with the erogenous zones, um, I would just have to ask you, um, out of uh, – so Monica gave us seven. Rachel gave us number eight. <laughs> <with it. laughs> um, so out of uh, all of these um, uh, zones here and stuff, are there any like? Do you feel like? Do you feel like she had a pretty? Or do you feel like maybe that you would um, maybe trade one out for another just based on personal taste? Um, um, yeah, probably for me, I would trade out mouth because you know, I enjoy. Uh, doing things with my mouth but it's not really an erogenous zone for me uh okay you know to be touched uh i would probably swap in honestly my back um it's a really really erogenous zone for me and we like we had talked about you know just using really light touches you know nail scratches and feathery light touches for me that it is a huge one that's definitely i think out of all the areas the the lips mouth area was the one she had that is like a proactive it's a doing area you know what Mm -hmm. i'm saying it's an area i would do stuff with you know but as far as like you know i love kissing i love everything like that Mm -hmm. um but it's just like as far as like an erogenous known like don't get me wrong don't nobody quote me and say that i said i'm not affected by mouth (laughs) touch okay because yes if my partner runs their finger across my lip or you know they're not quite kissing me, you know, but they're rubbing their lips. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm going to like it. I ain't right. going to complain and be like, this isn't one of my erogenous zones, folks. <laughs> um, I'm not going to do that. But I'm just saying it's more I use this to, you know, in like this is a tool I use as a more yes. of, you know, something I like done to me um, and everything. And, and as you're listening to Monica Bill here, you'll notice she'll go two, four, six, which is lips, breasts, thighs. So I can definitely see where if it's lips, then maybe she's talking about kissing while hands are exploring other areas, you know? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it, it kind of goes in tandem, but I definitely think I would probably flip out mouth too, or lips just because to me, that's a proactive area, not a touch me area. I would probably trade it out with on me personally probably scalp like mm-hmm. yeah that's I just a good one. yeah I just anything to do with the scalp I just literally just like melt like my whole body mm-hmm. just I'm just like yes yeah thank you <laughs> thank you, thank you. <laughs> so um I like that the thighs was a really good one um I like but it's just for me if I'm not like doing anything for particular with it like impact play or something i think that's just like a playful like in passing area to like grab on a little smack or something like that you know Mm -hmm. but as far as like every time i'm not hugely into the butt i would say hips though 
yeah like hips, are hips a waist like that area right there like that is like a hand residing area I, I <laughs> that's where that's your hands definitely. go yeah. yeah that's yeah I think that's my thing and stuff um so totally um also when I consider when I'm doing like um uh speaking of a journey when when my mouth's going south <laughs> um <laughs> I really like to really um just the whole torso I love to give attention to mm-hmm. um ribs the hollow of the belly um I like that most people are ticklish so they get kind of quivery when you mm-hmm. kiss them or you know you know pet them pat them whatever tickle them with your actual fingers or whatever and stuff uh, I love nomming and kissing hip bones I don't know mm-hmm. what it is it's just a natural curvy area that just demands my teeth <laughs> um you know so I will not apologize <laughs> Um, so that's probably what I would trade out hips, butt area. So, mm-hmm. and definitely, um, the thighs, I was so glad she said thighs. Thighs are, yeah, super, thighs are amazing. They're great in so many ways, in so many different things. They're mm-hmm. wonderful. Oh, yes. Um, I've said it on other episodes. I'm like, that's totally my game. The thighs, hands on the thighs, whatever that is. If I'm touching thighs, you definitely know what I'm thinking about. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I don't care who's I'm touching. I'm thinking about it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, um, and thighs are such a funny. great one to to do in public too, because you can very yes. innocently just put your hand on someone's thigh and give it a little squeeze, and it, yes. you know, it looks super innocuous. But you know, in reality, it can be is super, uh, super intense. Yes, definitely. And I think like, um. They're, yeah, they're just in like, I guess I think of it as a woman, uh, you know, like wearing sundresses and stuff. I know we like to wear sundresses mm -hmm. to like tease and everything or not tease. We wear them because they are comfy. They're usually hella comfy. Oh, yeah. Like light, you know, especially like me, I'm in the South. So the least amount of of fabric that I can get away with, but still be (laughs) modest. (laughs) Right. Um, You know, and it usually there's such like a thin air cotton or linen. So they're very cool. Mm -hmm. Um, So, but just that soft linen, just like brushing against my thighs all day, man, it makes me want to like feel promiscuous and feel pretty. Mm -hmm. And and it's just like a nice sensation all day. And then, so yeah, to have that like firm hand grab over the top is such like a change up from sensation. Absolutely. Um, Definitely enticing. So those that grab women thighs through sundresses, I'm not just saying men, anybody, Mm -hmm. it's a good move. It's a good move. So take notes. <laughs> so yeah, it's, I I also uh, I bruise very easily, and oh. so um, my partner will give me bruises on my thighs, and then it's very fun to sort of you know be out in public and have him run his hands over my thighs and just sort of remind me that those bruises are there. Yes, that is definitely a good one. Um, speaking since we're talking about like all erogenous zones, I will say one we haven't mentioned yet. Um, I mean, we haven't. We've kind of danced around it a little bit. Um, But I love the flat plane of someone's chest and the collarbone area. Oh, my gosh. That is sensitive area. Um, I have had um, tattoo work done on my area. Um, For those that don't know, that haven't heard me when I've said this uh, in my social spaces, um, this is one reason why I do not share selfies. Also, I do not share even pictures of my decollage <laughs> because it's very distinguishable with the ink I have. Mm-hmm. So um, that said, though, uh, oh, man, 
getting that area tattooed was a journey. It was oh, a I day. bet. Let me tell you. Okay. I don't know if I'll. I don't know if I'll keep this in the episode, but um, just for posterity's sake, <laughs> just to finish out my train of thought, um, I let him freehand a lot of the art done on my chest. Uh, I trust this tattoo artist em- emphatically. I waited for mm-hmm. him uh, to be ready for these pieces, and um, I just let him freehand it. And so he spent about two and a half hours with a magic marker, just drawing all oh. over my chest. And then when things didn't work out, he had to like take the wet, you know, the wet wipey mm-hmm. thing and wipe it away. So there was like the cooling sensation. Ooh. And then he would have to like blow across my skin Ooh. to dry it. And I'm just like laying there holding the <laughs> arms of my chair going, he's a married man. He's a married man. He's a married man. Don't do this. You know, like, I'm just, you know, I was, I was doing everything. I was reciting the Bible in my head trying to think of, you know how to be a good girl. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but it is such a sensitive area. And then even when he tattooed it, um, when he would hit certain areas of it, the vibration would shoot across my collarbones. Mm-hmm. Like, and so I would get that vibration from like shoulder to the middle of my neck. And man, I was like squirming. It was so ticklish. It was so like intense and, and everything. So it was pretty. That sounds amazing. But- it was amazing. Let me tell you, like, don't get me wrong. There was some pain. There were some moments mm-hmm. when I was like, oh, gosh, please let this be over soon because this part hurts. Um, but most of it was very enjoyable. Um, so, yeah, no, nine out of ten, ten out of ten, I would do it again. So, <laughs> I am um, actually a huge fan of tattoos. I have one behind my ear. Oh, nice. um, See, I think about getting one there, but I feel like yeah, I, I say that would hurt, but it, they all hurt, really. They so. all hurt, yeah, but in <laughs> a good way. I'm, uh, I love tattoos so much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, this one at the end of the day, he did all over my chest, and it trolls, it caps my shoulder and goes just a little bit on my bicep. Mm-hmm. And now, like, I look at it and I'm like, oh, the rest of my arm, and I'm like, oh, I <laughs> so guess naked. it's gonna be a sleeve. <laughs> um, <laughs> <you> uh <know>, oh, <laughs> so. It's pretty funny. So, um, but I mean, that's just another, I think another, if, if I wrap this back into the episode, um, <laughs> that's just another example though, that sensory makes a big difference to some people, to me, the needle, you know, and stuff like that at some points in certain areas on my chest was very pleasurable, you know, mm-hmm. to some people, the thought of a needle touching them at all penetration or not sounds zilch. They would be like, nope. Right get it out you know it doesn't matter where you're Mm -hmm. touching them and then you have some people when we you know later definitely in seasons i want to visit but there are some people that very much are into um you know uh penetration or you know uh scratches things like that that actually Mm -hmm. will draw a little bit of blood it's a more extreme kink um but for some people especially people with super high pain tolerances um, and things like that. Sometimes that's just the thing. It gives you an endorphin rush. Um, so that's why people do it. It gives you that exactly. rush. Exactly. Uh, everybody has their different re- reasons for what they do. So, and so, like I said, and that's what I said, different parts of the body, different sensations. So, um, because I got a tattoo on my hip, I would never get another one there. Ooh, yeah. You could not pay me to get another one there. Because like, <laughs> that one did not feel good mm-hmm. at all. Um, so speaking of, uh, mm -hmm. sort of, you know, the different, the different sensations, it it sort of reminded me of one of those things where I, I really enjoy my feet as an erogenous zone. 
mm-hmm. but I never realized that I did uh, until someone touched them in the right way. You know, so I think oh, uh, it's yeah, one of those yeah. things too, where, you know, you might not think, you might think, oh, well, you know, my chest just isn't an erogenous zone for me, but you haven't maybe tried the one thing that is going to work for you in that area. Yes, exactly. Um, exactly. I used to be a don't touch my feet ever kind of person, extremely mm-hmm. ticklish. Uh, I got over it a little bit when I had a roommate who was an extremely girly girl and she loved uh, getting pedicures and things like Ooh, that. Mm-hmm. Um, so she didn't ever want to go alone. She, she liked to do, let's do a girl's day, mm-hmm. um, which was not my thing. Uh, I grew up with all boys and like literally on my first day of college ever, I wore lucky charm pajama pants and a hoodie. <laughs> um, I had no chill about being just, uh, a, you know, like a Tom girl, mm-hmm. don't really care about fashion kind of girl. So like, as I lived with her, I learned to appreciate my femininity a lot, but she was like, let's go get a pedicure. And I'm like, I'm going to touch on my feet. <laughs> um, but we went and uh, everything like that. And I be, I got a real real appreciation for like the different things that you feel. Yeah, they were still ticklish, but it's very relaxing. There's mm-hmm. so many like nerve endings and pressure points in your feet. Yes, yes. The pressure um, which points they, are what got me. Exactly. Like I didn't even consider it. But then like I would notice like I'd be like, oh, yeah, that feels good. Okay. You know, add that mm-hmm. into some like some massaging to like my lower legs and stuff. And I'm like, oh, yes, this is nice. <laughs> You know, like I feel like it was opening a door for me a little bit to be open to that. You know, it's just the mm-hmm. way, like you said, it's the way you touch them, uh, yeah. you know. Um, so just be open to that and stuff. And I think I've said it before, either earlier this season or last season, it's, you know, don't sign something off because you really could find the next thing, you know, like your next yes. thing that just change your whole, um, you know, like sex life. <laughs> um, right, right. There's like this meme going around with this dumb little cat. I say dumb. Um, <laughs> with this little dumb cat. And it's like one of those crazy pictures. I think the cat's getting a bath. So the cat mm-hmm. has got like this horribly horrified blurry face. And its little arms are in the air and stuff. And, <laughs> and somebody's like holding the kit, you know, holding the cat and stuff like that. But the meme says something like um, when you're having sex and – he like puts his hand around your throat for the first time or like tries to choke you for the first time and stuff. And it says, and it changes your whole world for your whole sex world forever. Something like that. Like, but basically this cat looks like, so like half crazy, half scared, (laughs) half like excited because the expression. And Mm -hmm. so like, I was laughing because I was thinking that's so true. Like sometimes you just, something happens or you try something new uh, sexually in the, you know, in the bedroom and stuff. And then all of a sudden you're like, wow, I did not know. Exactly. Like, exactly. But you know, some people just like sign things off so much. Um, mm-hmm. uh, since, I mean, we did, I mean, I kind of removed, butt from the list, that was my thing. <laughs> I removed butt from the list. <laughs> that said though, which we will talk about later in the season is, um, the butt actually does have some erogenous areas, obviously. Um, it's not just the cheeks. There are other parts of the butt, <laughs> um, but uh, we'll definitely visit that in a later season because that was an area that I was like, no, not really into mm-hmm. messing with these areas down here. Um, so, but my mind has changed on that. So, um, but yeah, so all of this said, just in your experience, 
um, and basically everything that we've talked about and stuff about erogenous zones out of all the erogenous zones, um, which I think we've thrown in more there and it can be so different for so many people. Um, uh, I mean, right now, like off the top of my head, like I said, I said the collarbones, that wasn't something somebody mentioned, but like when I said it, it's like, yes, that's right. one. The ribs. Mm -hmm. I know like a lot of women love their um, like fingers, like a finger trailing up the rib or like mm -hmm. hands kissing, um, things like that. The hips, um, you said the back, back is so great. Um, mm -hmm. and shoulders, um, me, like I love grabbing biceps. That's my Ooh. thing. I just mm -hmm. love, you know, even my own, I'm so, okay. So <laughs> I'm going to reveal something here. I am throwing <laughs> myself out there again. Um, so I'm going to be honest, like, during sometimes like during like really good sex, I will turn my head and bite my own bicep. Um, so if you haven't tried that, give it a tick. Like, really. <laughs> um, because I don't know, like I'm just uh, I have like I'm a small girl. <laughs> um, I'm a small little short stack, but I have these little guns because um, my job is physical <laughs> and I, I try to work out. Um, but I have these little guns. So I'm always like flexing them and like slapping them. Um, mm -hmm. you know, just being like, Oh girl, you good, you know, right. and, um, stuff like that. And so I don't know what made me do it, but I think like one time, like during sex, I think my arm was kind of up and I just like turned my head and I was like, Oh, and just like bit my own bicep. Mm -hmm. And I was like, Oh my gosh, <laughs> this is great. <laughs> um, same thing. And I've bitten my partners before, like in, in, a, I'm, I'm kind of very primal. I like using the teeth. And oh, the me too. Me too. So like his my partner's like back, shoulders, biceps. Oh man. Yeah. Like they're going to get a little marked. <laughs> mm -hmm. Um, so I've definitely bitten my partners, but one time I guess theirs wasn't close enough. And I was like, I'm biting, you know, <laughs> and, uh, I did my own and man, it was a trip. So, um, so I see to me, that was, that's one that I feel like people forget about. So definitely try that one out. <laughs> so yeah, if you haven't, I'm, I'm I would recommend giving that one a shot. <laughs> um, Definitely. But um, just in your opinion, what are um, like, yeah, we could throw in like a million, um, but just in general, any of the ones we did or ones that we haven't, what do you feel are some is one or are some of the most underrated erogenous zones that definitely should be put out a little bit more because people don't, you know, maybe people don't realize or maybe they forget to talk about it or just forget about it. You know, I'm going to have to go with the feet. I think the feet get a bad rap. I think, you yeah. know, people think, oh, feet are dirty or feet are gross or feet are, you know, not meant for that purpose or whatever the case may be. Um, but I think, you know, just giving your partner a foot massage or, you know, touching the tops of their feet, even just really gently. Uh, for me, it's the arch. If you just, I, this is going to sound really weird, but <laughs> give it a shot if you have a, a, a vibrator push it into the arch of your foot it is oh. amazing oh yeah amazing. i can imagine that. Those <laughs> and then the yes. vibration it would kind of like shoot up your legs a little bit mm -hmm. along your nerves okay so i can totally see that i've yeah. never done the vibrator thing like on a like any kind like even just a massaging you know massager mm -hmm. like a real one um because i know they're called personal massagers right <laughs> uh, when you're trying to be, definitely you just know, for your back yeah yeah just for your back you know mm -hmm. um you Jokes know they on you. Of these, my back's in a zone <laughs> right ha -ha. <laughs> beat 
the system there getting <laughs> two bangs for your buck. Exactly. <laughs> um, but uh, actual like massagers or things like that or like physical therapy massagers, um, even those I've never tried on the feet. I never thought about that. I can definitely mm -hmm. see it though. Um, you know, and that's a thing too. Uh, I would encourage people, personal massagers or, um, you know, therapeutic massagers, Test them on different erogenous zones. Mm -hmm. That vibration actually does wonders to activate nerve stimulus, uh, even in areas that don't have a lot of nerve endings. Um, so it can, you know, really open your eyes a little bit to, you know, different things. Like the back of the knees is one that surprised Ooh. me a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, the back of the knees is like super sensitive. Um, I'm a little bit ticklish there, or like, and here's one that doesn't get it a lot: the back of the thighs. Like, ooh, I know the front of the thighs. A lot of people pay attention because it's right there. You can hands up and down it if you're sitting next to each other. But like um, if you're giving your partner a massage and they're laying on their belly or, you know, if you're doing, um, uh, you know, any sort of uh, position like that, like doggy style or anything like that. Um, yeah, just like the back of the thighs because they're back there. You know, they're usually like mm -hmm. behind you or under you. So they kind of get missed a lot. Um, but they have like, they're pretty sensitive too. Um, especially for like, for me, feather light touches a lot, or if we want to go all the way to like impact, um, and stuff like that with, um, like props and things like that or little paddles. Mm -hmm. Um, it's just like a nice plane of flesh that does have like a lot of sensation back there. So oh, definitely that would be one of mine. Um, another one. I'm trying to think of other ones. If you think of any, let me. Yeah, absolutely. Um, oh, oh, I know another one. Men's nipples. Ooh, okay. They're so underrated. <laughs> okay, like, they're just like some, I don't know why I get so fired up about this. Because, you know, because I know I love breasts. Don't get me wrong. I love oh, yeah. women's yeah. breasts. Me too. Mine the girl next door, anybody's boobies. I love them. <laughs> I just love breasts are so magical. Like I've, I just think that it would be a much sadder world if we didn't have boobs. Like I'm just going to be honest. I agree. I'm just going to be 100% honest. Told me one time, uh, you know, if you've seen one pair of boobs, you want to see them all. <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. it's not like, it's not like one is going to be satisfactory. You just want to see all mm. the boobs. I want to see all of the titties, all of them, Me too. all day Me long. Too. I want to touch them too. You know, not even sexually. I just want to, they're fun bags. That's why they one are. of their names. They're fun to play with. They really are. They're just fun to play with. I, I don't care what they are. I'm going to play with them. Um, mm -hmm. You know, consensually, consensually. Of course, of course, um, of course. You know, um, so, but uh, men, I guess it's because they don't have boobs, like actual breasts mm -hmm. that they get overlooked. It's just like, oh, guys don't have boobs. They don't feel the same things we do. Incorrect. Okay. They have very sensitive nipples, just like we do. Um, they still have the nerve endings and stuff. And is it harder for them to orgasm from nipple stimulation? Yes. Because they don't have quite as much. They're not exactly wired the same way we are, but they definitely can feel pleasure and I'll just tell you this. It, we're, we're not going to get too graphic because obviously I don't want this pod kicked off main. <laughs> but, <laughs> um, you know, if he's lying there or standing there or something and you decide you want to take a little bit of the dominant role, whatever your relationship is, if you're a female, that's usually submissive. If you're a switch, if you're his boyfriend, whatever. 
I'm just saying, if you want to see a guy squirm a little bit, I would just once tell you maybe get a little forceful, pull their shirt up, and you just go to town on one of their nipples. Woo, squirm city is all I can say. <laughs> it's, a, it's a surprise, too. I think a lot of them don't realize sometimes how enjoyable it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's one of those overlooked things that, uh, you know, both partners probably kind of skip by on the path to things that they think are maybe more enjoyable. This is true. That said, right now, I want to focus for a minute on, I think a lot of the male body gets overlooked, I think, Mm -hmm. now that I think about it. Like, I'm thinking about anything from, like, collarbones to the groin, basically, usually gets overlooked for men. You know, I would say even above the collarbones, um, I've had a lot of uh, guys tell me that just having uh, someone's fingers in their hair is such an unusual feeling for them that it gets them almost immediately yeah like and I love scalp play I love giving it receiving it and stuff like that and yeah I think I think I wonder if the I wonder like here we are getting all philosophical (laughs) Um, I wonder if the reason is because subliminally men feel responsible to set the tone Mm -hmm. so I think they spend a lot of time taking the woman on the journey Right, and I, and I think that they, you know, they forget how to say, oh, I would like you to try that on me or whatever and stuff like that. I wonder if that's a small part of it. Yeah, it absolutely could be. I think, you know, men are, regardless of what the the dynamic in the relationship is, men are typically seen as the ones who need to take control or, you know, make the first move or make, you know, make the changes in tone. Um, yeah. And so it's it's probably very unlikely that somebody just touches them somewhere that they haven't been asked yeah no yeah they they yeah no i can totally see that stuff and um i think the other thing that i just had come to mind though and in in this kind of plays off of the uh friends clip is that um you know women uh are are kind of portrayed um well and i agree don't get me wrong uh, as more sensual and more, you know, like more sensually driven and our mm-hmm. bodies are just more responsive um, in a lot of ways to a lot of things because of the way our anatomy is. Whereas opposed to men can be res- as responsive and stuff like that. But, you know, they are very like, a lot of them haven't had exposure to right. a lot of the other sensations. Like it's basically like just... Um, just the dick, to be honest, mm-hmm. like, you know, the dick and the balls. And yep, then exactly. um, if they are open, which this will come later in a season, and I've talked about it with another guest, but and if they're open to it, some anal play in whatever degree, I'm not mm-hmm. saying pegging all the way or whatever and stuff, but just some play mm-hmm. um, to whatever degree, like some of that and stuff. But it's pretty much it's kind of like men are only driven by one thing, sex, you know, or they mm-hmm. only think with their penis. Well, when you have that kind of subliminal message in society, you wouldn't see a man as a sensual being that would like you to take your time with him, mm-hmm. to brush your fingers along his neck, to give his ear attention, to, you know, massage him, you know? Right. Like when in I my head society, right now when I'm – oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Okay. I was going to say, I'm like, now that I'm thinking about it right now, I'm like, how how much media is proactively driven to where it is a heterosexual couple and the woman is massaging the man? Mm-hmm. 
it's very little very little now that i'm thinking it's almost jarring Mm -hmm. you know um and i think our society as well sort of you know pushes that idea and not in a negative way i think it's very uh, necessary but we teach women to explore our bodies to find what feels good for us so that we can uh you know convey that to our partners and we don't do that as much for men we don't you know encourage them to try different things to experiment to touch themselves in ways that they're not used to to find those different erogenous zones yeah because i think i think at the end of the day i think that i think like I said, our anatomies are so different. I think that I almost want to say that it's almost subliminally, uh, you know, and it's not that I'm, you know, whatever, but I I just like considering all sides. I almost Mm -hmm. wonder if it's subliminally that, you know, there's the old, um, uh, like I even said it earlier in the episode, but then there is like the very negative side of it uh, is that a man will get in, he'll get on you. And there's the old standby of hope he finishes quick you know, because mm-hmm, you aren't mm-hmm. going to get anything from it, right. you know, like, and that's, I mean, and yes, I've said it early in the episode, not every woman can come from vaginal penetration alone, where usually men can, you know, almost mm-hmm. every time, or they're going to keep going until they do. Right. Um, and so like, I think that mentality of you aren't ever going to come from this. So you need to learn how to stimulate yourself, or you need to learn mm-hmm. how to explore your body. So when he is doing his thing, it's possible for you to catch up or join him or whatever, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, So I almost wonder if that mentality too, in that sense, has subliminally told women that you have to do all this to have a good time. He just has to do that. You just have to focus on that area or he's got to focus on his pumping and be done. Mm -hmm. Um, And that can be negative for both men and women. Yes. Yes. That's what I'm saying. I think it's negative for men as well. You know, Mm -hmm. it's negative that that's a mentality or that that's put out there that way, because I feel like that's how I said earlier, there's, it shouldn't be an excuse. Like, you know, we should be working together. We should all be working together to have better sex. Yes, exactly. It is a better sex never hurt anybody. And it has only, in my opinion, has only helped relationships. Whatever Mm -hmm. your relationship is, good sex will help your relationship, in my opinion. Um, So, yeah, I like I feel we should all be trying to have better sex. So clinging to these ideas of, you know, this person, that person, this anatomy part, whatever. Mm -hmm. I think it's just holding so many things back. It's so much great sex is being held back. Right. Exactly. And on that in that same vein, I think the idea that sex is supposed to be one way or there's supposed to be a certain way that you perform sex is Mm. so limiting yeah Yeah, and that's what monica says she goes most men will do one two three jump to seven and and set Mm -hmm. up camp you know and i know that that's the joke of you know men are one-minded and the joke and i get that this is a sitcom but a lot of people think that way about sex it's not just men and it's not just men or it's not just women. I'm just saying like a lot of people are thinking, okay, you know, or like the go-to is always missionary, you know, and things like, right. that. don't get me wrong. I love missionary, but you know, it's, it's not going to be unpleasurable to try something different. And I may mm-hmm. find a different position that feels better. Um, and that also depends, like you mentioned earlier. Um, if you haven't checked it out, uh, I don't know if you know this. Uh, I'm totally excited. I'm writing an article on it because, because I was so fascinated, but there's an art, an artist called Jamie McCartney. Um, he casted, uh, it's called the wall of vagina. Have you ever heard of this? Oh yeah. I've heard, uh, just recently just heard it in passing. Okay. Yeah. 
So for those that don't know, the wall of vagina, um, what it is, is he, uh, what originally um, inspired him to do so uh, is I don't remember if it was his project or something else, but he basically casted his genitals alongside, I think it was 26 other men. And, um, and they casted them and then they made like molds. And so you have these casts of different genitalia, male genitalia, foreskin, not foreskin, size, shape, different size of the balls, everything, 26. Um, and he said that when he saw that his only comparison he had ever had was pornography and it made him feel good to see that just between him and 26 other men, there were so many differences, some obvious, some very subtle. And then it inspired him to create the wall of vagina where he casted over 400 women. Oh, wow. Um, and this exhibit has gone around everywhere and they're all in white. All he did was keep the plaster of Paris white. Um, so you don't know the race. You don't know the ethnicity. You don't know the part of the world they're in. Um, mm -hmm. He said he did those. Um, he did uh, ones that were pre-labiaplasty uh, and post. Um, for those that don't know, that's when you can tighten, you can, uh, I'm just going to say, you can basically create the look and you can also, um, you can tighten. Uh, there's some things you can do, uh, but basically you get like a vaginal rejuvenation or, <laughs> you know, you, you can look like whatever. There's a lot of different things for it. But um, basically he cast all this and stuff. And that was also his thing. He had heard that labiaplasty plasty, and uh, this surgery for cosmetic surgery for vaginas was becoming this huge trend because women were so um, self-conscious about it. And like you said earlier, there are so many different kinds. There mm -hmm. are so many different, um, different labia types, different clitoral types, uh, mm -hmm. just the look of it, you know, the mons or, you know, yeah, the mons pubis, everything is all so different. And, um, that's what he, he heard about the surgery and, you know, the surgery, women were getting surgically altered, um, to feel sexy down there. And he, mm -hmm. and so between that and his casting, he decided to do this. And he said, you know, even for me, when I looked at all of it, um, it's extremely liberating because you are self-confident about these things. Um, as women anyways, or I was, I always thought that yeah, like, when absolutely. I was younger. I don't know. Like, it's so funny because it sounds silly now when I think about it. But even every now and then I'll get those moments of like, oh, my gosh. You know, like, I hope he's not weirded out by my genitalia. Like, mm -hmm. I, no, you know, but I, I think I think all uh, most women at least go through that. Absolutely. Like, you know, because you have this idea of what vaginas are supposed to look like based on, yeah. you know, porn or, you know, medical books or whatever. And then you know, you look at your own and you're like, well, mine doesn't look like that. Does that mean mine is wrong? Yeah. Is mine wrong? Is it less attractive? You know, like right. you think of all those things because yeah, no, and you will see it. And, and I think a lot of people don't realize that stuff, but you know, it's like a subliminal thing and stuff because yeah, you will see it just like any other part on any other body in pornography. Mm -hmm. You'll see it and you go, oh wow, that looks really pretty or that looks really cute or that's mm -hmm. the perfect shade of pink or she's really tan, you know, or yep. that's perfectly quaffed pubis hair. Right. You know, like, <laughs> I mean, like we see all these things and we go, what? You know, but, but anyways, the point is, is that, you know, I got on this big tangent because, um, he casted all these, there was 400 types, not a single genitalia was similar. And it just completely like, 
it changes your whole perspective on so much. And the, and the point is, is that it, it all looked different. And in that sense that it it's, it's just a, I don't know. I've completely forgot where I was going with all that. <laughs> just, I think or... the idea that, you know, everybody is different when it comes to how it looks, how things are going to feel, you know, some people are into impact play, but only the thuddy kind of impact play. Some people are into impact play, but only the stingy kind of impact play. Like, there's just every person is so different. Oh, yeah. No, completely different. Completely different and and things like that. And it's just, I don't know. You just can't, you can't assume one thing or another thing and stuff like that. And, um, you know, you, you just can't. And that's what I think that, that Monica was saying here. You know, she was like, she was assuming, you know, that all men think one, two, three, and they go jump to seven mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And it's just not the same for everybody. Um, and as we've established, not everybody's seven are what Monica's are. Um, right. So, you know, have fun with your partner. I guess if that would have to be like my takeaway. Um, oh, wait, no, I wanted to talk about one other thing. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, so that said, uh, I'm a completely sapiosexual um, in the fact that I love stimulation of the mind. And I came mm-hmm. across a really fantastic quote uh, that I've always loved. Um, uh, uh, for those that know her, uh, Raquel Welch. I don't know. Do you know Raquel Welch? Uh, yeah, she was sort of a sex symbol back in the 70s, right? Yes, yes. Huge starlet. Um, in a lot of different genres, but she basically is a, was a sex symbol. Um, a lot of people can recognize her from, I think it's 10,000 BC or 100 BC or whatever it is. But basically she is the, uh, the, uh, you've seen the image everywhere. She's completely tan. She's gorgeous. She's got the blondish brown hair and she's got the uh, loincloth on. It's a caveman movie. Um, you know, the little bra and then the thing i think they reference it in shawshank raquel welch um (laughs) is was one of his posters like at the very end um i think so anyways but the point is is that um she completely was a sex symbol and so one of her quotes one of her most quoted quotes is the mind can also be an erogenous zone Mm. Um, and i think the reason she brought up this quote is because being such a sex symbol she wanted to remind people that it is not about the body always like, especially when we've established so many bodies or variants, you know, for some people, the mind can be so stimulated that, you know, the body is the second thought. Mm-hmm. And um, I know sometimes for me as a sapiosexual, that is completely the case. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, um, I'm sure you can attest totally, but definitely working like with audio and things like that and and considering ways to titillate and stuff, only using your words and your thoughts and everything mm-hmm. like that, you could probably definitely attest to this as well. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, when I um, got into audio erotica and, and that sort of side of things, I was just a listener. And mm-hmm. I think that appealed to the fact that, yeah, the fact that my body was being stimulated by the by just words, just Mm -hmm. somebody describing a scene or, uh, you know, saying very specific phrases or words. And that, that is such a rush, just, Mm -hmm. you know, not only being able to tap into that 
as a listener, but as a performer, that's, that's pretty intense. Oh yeah, no, it totally is. And I know there's some studies out there. I don't want to get all crazy into studies because, you know, then I'll have the intellectuals that (laughs) weigh me that listen to the show, um, hitting up my DMs, telling me I'm wrong. (laughs) Um, um, but, uh, I know that there are some studies up there that had a comparison between visual, uh, physical and, um, auditory responses in the brain and, um, auditory. I don't remember if it beat out physical auditory beat up, um, visual. Oh, wow. So between somebody seeing something and hearing something like the same scene, like if it was the same words, um, like say if it was a pornography, um, I sound so silly when I say that. Sound like some, <laughs> if it was a pornography, um, if it was porn, um, excuse me. And um, they heard exactly the same scene, but when they had the, their brain lit up more when they had seen um, to visualize, uh, which I oh, thought wow. was so interesting. Well, me being like both of us being in the um, doing the erotic audio, both as listeners and creators, I think we can attest to that. Um, there's just so much. And I know on previous episodes, you know, um, not everybody, I'm not pretentious to think anybody listens to my erotic works or anything I do outside of the podcast, but I have encouraged, um, people that especially like when we talked about, um, kink in the five senses to, you know, play with dirty talk, play with mm-hmm. whispering in your partner's ear, you know, making them close their eyes and just seeing the difference in, you know, what different senses can elicit when you try to use them on their own. Um, so definitely, but I wanted to bring that up because like I said, as we've established, there are so many different erogenous zones Yes, yeah. Um, that get overlooked or that get ignored. And I just want people to not forget that, um, you know, intellectual stimulation is a thing. And for me, a demisexual, a demisexual, um, you know, that emotional connection as well um, definitely is part is like, I guess is an erogenous zone. I need stroked as well. (laughs) I guess is like the best way to say it. (laughs) Oh, Um, I, I tell my partner all the time that I have a competency kink. Oh, okay. And so, you you know, watching people, especially my partner be very good at something that can be incredibly erotic, you know, to know that they're doing something that they're very good at and just watching them be good at it can be so arousing. Oh yes, definitely. Yeah, definitely. It's, it's, it's just so many different things um, for sure. And so, yeah, no, like we're not here to tell you what areas of body, um, you know, or just in closing, just my final thoughts are is when it comes to erogenous zones, we're not here to tell you what your erogenous zones are. That's, if you've taken anything from this episode, it could be any part of you. Um, find out what gets your, your body responding. Um, I've talked about it in previous episodes. There's things you can try, you know, there's things that we're going to talk about this season, different kinks and stuff that you can try different. We're gonna have an episode about toys, um, as well. Um, so just, you know, discover your body. I know this sounds like silly, but if nobody ever told you when you were a young, you know, a a sexually developing adult, whenever that happened, um, you were most people that I know that I've talked to, maybe it's because I'm in the South, but most people I've talked to were shamed into doing any sort 
shamed out of doing any sort of stimulation or not stimulation. Sorry. We're shamed out of doing any sort of bodily exploration. And then most of them did not have any experiences until they had, you know, until they started dating. And like, then it was like from make out straight to sex. Mm -hmm. Like there was this big jump. And I think I even fell in that boat too. And I didn't have, well, yeah, I didn't, this is a big hot topic for me. (laughs) I didn't have vaginal, vaginal penetrative sex or quote unquote, lose my virginity until I was almost in my mid 20s. However, I did so many other things before then. I didn't really see myself as a virgin. But the point was, is that I feel like there's these gaps. We just get the big, you know, we, everybody in their, I guess, sex box has like, oh, well, you have a makeout session or you have a quickie sex or you just have normal, you know, you Mm -hmm. have normal sex where like Monica said, you do one, two, three, seven, you know, and stuff. And a lot of people, they were shamed out of exploring their bodies. So they feel like sex has to be like X, Y, Z. Like they feel like their moment has passed to explore themselves or their partner. It hasn't. I don't care how old you are, like, or how experienced you think you are or how inexperienced you think you are. I, yeah, just explore yourself. That's, that's what this episode is about. Find out what your zones are. And then when you find them out, be communicative about them. It's okay to be communicative about what you like. (laughs) Absolutely. Definitely. Um, What about you, Glimmer? Any last thoughts for our guests that have listened in about the erogenous zones of the body? Any advice? Um, just kind of, <laughs> uh, just kind of to mirror what you said. I think it's so important to know your body, um, and you can definitely get to know your body with a partner. But you absolutely do not need to have a partner to find those erogenous zones Ooh. and to try, you know, experiment those with all of those different uh, kinds of touches and you know using implements and trying lots of new things. Uh, you can absolutely do that on your own. And I encourage people to do that on your own because the more you know about your body, the more you're going to be able to communicate with your partner, like you said. Yeah, the more comfortable you'll feel about communicating. And mm-hmm. you won't you won't feel as um, unconfident or uncomfortable or shameful, you know, when your partner asks you, you know, oh, do you like this? And I know some people say they feel bad because they go, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Well, there's nothing wrong with that, number one. And I'm not saying there is, but if you've explored your body on your own, like, and this is probably the better course for some people. I'm glad that you brought this up. This is probably the better course for some people because some people like me who um, overthinks everything, (laughs) um, some people, when you're with a sexual partner, you are trying to consider every little thing you're trying to consider every angle that you probably don't look good from you're trying to make sure that they're Mm -hmm. having a good time you're trying to make sure that you also are trying to have a good time you know you're you're considering you know did i put the laundry in like you're considering (laughs) eight billion things but when you're alone you're only accountable to yourself you literally don't have any pressure you don't have anybody that you're trying to time up with if you get what I'm saying, um, you know, and you don't have anybody that you're trying to impress, that you're trying to make sure walks away having a good time. It's just you. Just relax and just learn your body. That's all. Just do it. You know, if um, there are a lot of um, 
I'll throw this as a out as a resource. Um, just being in the audio community, um, and also erotic fiction, uh, writing a lot of tremendous erotica out there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, listen to an audio like there are um, uh, uh, JOIs, so jerk off instruction or teasing instructions or um, I think for girls, what is it? Sh- is it Schlicking? shilling? Schlicking. 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 Oh, that's such a weird turn all the time. It is. <laughs> I mean, I get it. I get why. But I'm just, every time I say it, I'm like, yeah, it's so weird. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, so like slicking, sh- schlicking instructions or whatever, like listen to them. And if you're not sure what to do, like listen to them and they'll be like, you know, touch your arm or touch this or, you know, whatever. And just kind of listen to them. Maybe let those audios guide you until you feel comfortable just doing it on your own. Like, mm-hmm. But but definitely like explore yourself and sometimes it helps when it's just you because there's no pressure. There shouldn't be any pressure. You you don't you're not accountable to anybody. Nobody's grading you. This is your sex. At the end of the day, yes, great sex will help your relationship with anybody, but it's your sex too. So take some oh, that sounds this sounds rough. Don't take it this way. <laughs> don't take it this way, but take ownership of your sex. Because I think sometimes at the end of the day, you cannot put the blame on the other person. You know what I'm saying? Like, I know we started this episode saying out, don't blame a part of your anatomy. Well, you also can't blame the other person, though, is what I'm saying. Don't take, don't blame your anatomy. Take responsibility from your anatomy and take that ownership and turn it into something great because you've got it in you. You do. We've all got it in us to be <laughs> porno quality. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> you can be on that camera getting it on, and I promise somebody's going to like what they're watching. Mm-hmm. And that's just because I feel like we've all got it in us. We've all got that sexual animal, tiger, tigress being um, in us. And I, I think that just with a little bit of exploring and, and, comfortability you become more open and if you become more open about your body then you can definitely start filling out what kinks you might want to try or what sensations work better for what things you know Mm -hmm. so definitely so um yeah so i think we've pretty much summed up erogenous zones pretty well i think we did all right (laughs) yeah i think so Uh, i think so you know i think we, we covered a lot i mean we like Monica. We're not going to say anything. And we definitely don't want the people that made friends coming after us. Right. But <laughs> they have a little more resources than we do. Just a few. Um, just a few. Um, but definitely Monica's list is not the end all be all. Um, but it is a great place to start when it comes to considering areas on your body. To try out on your partner and get a nice fun dialogue going with yourself. Um, so definitely. Thank you so much for being on the episode today, Glimmer. I hope you had fun. I did. It was a fun subject. Yes, I had an amazing time. Thank you so much for having me. You are welcome. You guys, you can find Glimmer and Gold on Reddit. Um, She's always hanging around. She's always fun. And um, you obviously know where to find me um, because I pretty much shout where I am every time. So, Um, But we are, yeah, just please. Explore yourselves. Have fun. Until next episode, kinks or kink sex. Yeah, that's weird. (laughs) Um, Keep sex (laughs) fun and kink safely. And 
we will catch you next episode. Bye. Bye.